welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. This is episode 3, where things are finally starting to heat up, including our first flashback scene. Alright, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes snooped through the private study of Lady Miev to discover her motivations and why she's out of favor with Lord Regent Mentor. Pretty sure she's trying to get him to agree to set up a expedition to try to reclaim Castle Fenrir from the Thorns. Then our heroes got to work and went to the library to get the list of books requested by their employer. Is He's... that a book in your jacket? <laughs> is that a book or... in your jacket? Are you happy to see me? But one book is not like the others. <laughs> but every third or fourth page or so, there's a page of code. Um, so we're totally reading these things before we hand them over, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Of course, and transcribing and decoding. Our heroes retire to Silva's house to make their plans, but no sleepover is complete without a makeover. Got the Farrah Fawcett bang. And then, I'm, I, and then I'm gonna do, like, the smoky eye thing on your eyes. Gingly black and white? Goth moth. Goth yeah, moth. Goth moth. <laughs> because of the rumors our heroes set in motion, rivals show up to claim the books from them. Champion Laurel, what a surprise. The damn book is in our treehouse. All right, that's all I needed. Thank you. Is he always that gullible? The team turns in its first quest, and it comes with the offer of a second job. She pulls out uh, the journal of Sir Guire and hands it over. Our next meeting will be here. Come back tomorrow. Okay, let's get into the story. I'm Nate. I'll be your dungeon master. I am Mandy playing Jalen the Rogue. I am Sandra playing Sable Mirkwood the Druid. I'm Julie playing Silpha Lunari the Wizard. We were going to start off today with a flashback scene, and we decided some facts about this flashback scene beforehand. One of your favorite tutors has stopped teaching. An announcement is made that they passed away. And the rumor mill is that they fell ill. The symptoms were suspicious. Everyone who is anyone important suspects assassination. Which brings us to a scene that we're going to do where you figure out how you will not become like these awful adults in just a few years. And I think this scene is about two years before the present day. So we're 14, 15. I think Zilpha would be 16 while the other girls would be 14. Yeah. Let's kind of flesh out a little bit before we jump into the actual scenes. From what I understood it, yeah, it's a younger tutor who's only been teaching formally for about six months. Her name was Muriel Freisers, and she was part of the wine lord's family, but she spurned her marriage contract refused any official joining ceremonies, then became a tutor. And she had radical ideas about building a machine to either fly over the thorns or cut the thorns. When news came about their death, was there any reaction in the family that would make me go, hmm, other than being able to identify the poison? I think your family was easily able to identify the poison. Mm-hmm. And the way they gossiped about it would lead you to believe that it wasn't them. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't the Thieves' Guild they control or something along those lines. Okay. I would think that like on a regular basis, we would get together at this treehouse. Yeah, I think what happened here is you showed up to finishing school, they made the announcement, and 
dismissed everybody. By the time you guys arrived at school, you had heard about this already. Okay. And we went to the treehouse. We went to the treehouse. Like good kids who get out of school early, you did not do what you were told. So you arrive at the treehouse. What do you want for lunch? I can't eat. I don't think I can eat either. Why? She decided not to get married. Well, she can't be the only one that's burned a contract. I mean... And apparently her father was very upset about it. You don't think that she tried to get out, like, get past the thorns, do you? I mean, she talked about it all the time. No, she was too careful. She had too many plans, and she wasn't interested in just getting out herself. She wanted to help everyone. I think she found a way. Why do you think that? Because she's dead. I think she found a way, and somebody didn't want that to get out. Or us to get out. Why? I don't know. Who's benefiting from the thorns? Obviously, the situation benefits some people more than others. For instance, they say Lord Freisers himself is kind of a drunkard and incapable of managing his finances, but he's the only one who produces wine in the region. If there were other lords producing wine, he wouldn't have the money that he has right now because he couldn't keep his house afloat. I mean, the thing about small town politics is that once it's not just the small town anymore, doesn't mean as much. How can people do things like this? Even the regent benefits in a way. The fact that the castle is closed and the king's throne is empty. I mean, we're under a thumb. If you were the thumb, you probably wouldn't want that to change, would you? Seems like an awfully final way of dealing with a problem. I mean, you guys know this is the world we're growing up in, right? I mean, we're inheriting this shit. I don't know. I just think we're all going to get sucked into our respective families and the bullshit. I think what she would want would be for us to carry on her torch. Well, I mean, if her torch got her killed, how do we do that? We could be careful and clever, of course. I thought she was very careful and clever, too. She wasn't, you know, mixed up in politics or anything like that. Yeah, but she talked about it. She talked about what she wanted. She did talk a lot openly, whether people wanted to listen to her or not. So, if we want to change things, we have to keep it on the down low. That's a start. For intrigue, you need things like secrets. So, what if we just don't have secrets? You mean from each other? Not exactly the best liar. No, you're not. We could come up with secret means of correspondence, but that becomes complicated. I could teach you guys thieves can't, but everybody else in this town who knows thieves can't would know it. So let's make up our own. Okay. It's a start. It's something that we have that nobody else has. Silpha gets visibly excited about the idea of us developing our own code and and means of communicating. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, me too. Because then if we get into a position as we get older where our families are sucking us into their bullshit and it looks bad, we can communicate in this code and we know. I think we should make an oath in Muriel's name that we will find a way beyond the thorns in her memory. And we'll end the intrigue bullshit in this town. You, when we last left off, had all gone your separate ways to your various houses. That night, around, let's say, 9 p.m., Silpha, there is a knock at your door. You're obviously, like, up in your room, probably. 
But you will hear your mother shout from the bottom of the stairs, Silpha, you have company. At this hour? She'll tiptoe downstairs. Standing in the doorway is Lady Miev. Oh, Lady. Silpha, dear, let's, uh, do you have a spot we could chat? Oh, absolutely. Come in. And she elegantly strides in. W- where are we going? I will bring her to my my mother's tea parlor. Okay, you head into the tea parlor. It's a, the most elegant room in the house, and therefore I think it is the most fitting for a woman of her stature. Yes. As you sit down in the tea parlor, your mother comes in and brings in tea, sets it down for you and Lady Miev, and kind of leans into your ear and says, Sweetie, that's, that's nobility. In case you didn't know. Uh, yes, Mama. <clears throat> Enjoy your tea, girls. And <clears throat> my lady wanders away. So, um, Silpha, I think that we have a, an interesting opportunity. You've been working, and I hope we'll continue to work together in the future. And there aren't many of us wizards around anymore since the thorns. So I wanted to extend my my support to you. Silpha nods and, and kind of puts her head down in a, in a, like a humble manner and says, Oh, my, my lady, it'll be such an honor. This isn't quite an apprentice-master kind of relationship. I have a book that I read when I was about your age that really spoke to me, and I, I'd like to give it to you, but it does come at a little bit of a price. I greatly value your loyalty. Well, of course. And if you agree to extend me your loyalty, I would like to give you this book. Silpha is naive and not thinking of of strings attached whatsoever, and furthermore, doesn't see any reason why she would not be loyal to Lady Miev, and therefore wholeheartedly accepts. Thank you so much, Silpha. Silpha, this meant the world to me when I was your age, and I, I want you to have it. The book is titled Transmutation and the Art of Alchemy, and she says, please, read it right away. It's Really enlightening. Thank you. If I can be of support to you in your studies, there are really only about three or four wizards left in the kingdom. It's very important to me that you succeed. If you'll excuse me, though, it's late and I need to go. And she stands up. And Sandra, would you be willing to provide the Foley work for that? Thank you. And (laughs) she's gone. There was a brief air pressure change, but that's it. Silpha is Ooh. amazed, <laughs> excited. Damn, son, you got a gift from royalty! <laughs> Bursting with excitement, and because I have really no means to instantly communicate this good news with my friends, I think I actually, the first person I go and tell is, is my parents. Around midnight, Sable. There is a very faint knock at your door. Mm. The door cracks open and champion Helena slips in. She is not wearing anything at all. Oh my goodness. And she says, Sable, come on, get out of bed. Okay, I get out of bed. I am wearing a nightgown. She says, leave the clothes. Let's go. Uh, I've still got to be wrapped. You decide. She's (sighs) turning and leaving. Oh, I'm following her in my nightgown. You head like through the manor out the back door. 
it's utterly quiet. And when you reach the back door, you're accustomed to seeing about, you know, 100 yards off the line of thorns. And at the edge of that thorns in the dark, you can see there's sort of a full moon shining. You see four other figures. From here, it's hard to tell, but you, you think they're naked women. Oh, goodness. And Helena says, Are you, fine, wear your stuff. Come on, let's go. Okay. And uh, she starts to jog. Oh, I'll follow after her. But I'm not taking my clothes off. I don't know what all this is. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Have I seen a bunch of naked women around before? No. You've known that the druids have gone and done rituals and things in the middle of the night before. Yeah, but they've never told me they're naked. Uh, they've also never invited you to go. All right, so you get about 100 yards up to the edge of the thorns. Okay. And the matron, Varathi, is there. She is probably 80 years old, but looks really great for her age. Mm -hmm. Turns and gestures at the thorn wall, and it parts, <gasps> giving you a solid five feet or so to walk down and it goes back into the thorns into the dark woods and she says this way and single file down the line of thorns uh four women followed by champion helena and she gestures me in oh this is your initiation actually nobody gestured anything towards you but you get the impression that if you don't follow them you will be standing out here by yourself yeah yeah, yeah. i guess i'm supposed to follow uh I'm going to go that direction. Okay. Be careful not to bump thorns. Uh, you have no problem not bumping thorns. Yeah. It's actually very strange. So normally when you walk by the thorns, it's almost like they lean toward you. Mm -hmm. In this instance, they don't. Wow. So you make it back. I've heard rumors that she can do this, right? But I've never seen it. Yeah, she keeps a real tight lid on it. Cause oh my god, this is so cool. You probably don't want to be known as the person who is fine with the thorns. Yeah. It's a but curse for everyone. this is so cool! You get about 200 more yards straight back into the thorns, and you arrive at a clearing with a large willow tree that is just absolutely ancient that shadows this entire clearing, and there's a wall of thorns that wraps around it. But you have a, a fairly large space in the shadow of this willow tree. Mm-hmm where there's there's no threat of the thorns. What is interesting is that there are ropes tied around the trunk of the tree, and on e the end of each one of those ropes, there's a, a shifter wearing a collar. So there's ten mutated people tied to this tree. Oh. And so as you look around them, there's one person with six arms. There's another person who has their entire head has become a bunny rabbit's head. They okay. look human otherwise. Uh, Are they acting human? No. Yeah. No, they're just sort of sitting chained to this tree. One of them is nibbling on the grass tied to the tree. They're not yeah. chained. Yeah. But, uh, and the four druids and Champion of Helena each take a position around the tree. Okay. And Helena will point at a spot on the ground and look at you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to deny Helena what she wants. You're roughly spread in a circle, kind of equidistant around this thing. And the matron, Varathi, clears her throat. <clears throat> Bring forth the altar. And you hear a flutter of wings in the air. I look up. You don't see anything. Glance down briefly toward the matron. In front of her has appeared a three-foot-tall, 
stone sculpture. It's it's as if sort of half of a human face was there and half of an animal face was there. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are sort of twisted, almost as if someone had like put their hand on the bottom of the rock and the top of the rock and just turned Turn them in opposite there. directions. Yeah. It was not there a moment ago. And she says, we are here today to welcome our newest sister into the circle. Sable, would you care to say a few words? I am surprised and honored and confused. From confusion comes wisdom in time. We call upon the lady today and ask for her blessing for our newest sister. We provide to her ten souls for her court. Oh, God. May the deal be struck. And you see the ropes start to slowly unwind from around the necks of the ten shifters. Mm Mm-hmm. Very slowly, kind of very haphazardly, and you can continue to hear sort of the flutter of wings and in the distant, like small grunting noises almost, as like something very tiny struggles with these ropes. Okay. Once all ten of them are untied, they turn away from the city toward the thorns, all of the shifters almost at once, and they look kind of glassy eyed and start to march off, all ten of them directly into the thorns. What? Um, matron? Hmm? They'll die out there. They're not human anymore. But... Does that make it okay? It makes it necessary. We're almost finished. The sounds get quieter and quieter until they're gone. And then she says, The pact is accepted, then. Sable, come forward. I I step forward. The patron of this circle is known as the Lady. She is the Queen of the Fairies. Queen of the Fairies is not going to be a pretty thing, right? When I hear Queen of the Fairies, that's like that's like the boogeyman. That would be the boogeyman, yes. All right, so I just fed ten souls to the boogeyman, or somebody fed ten souls to the boogeyman in my name. Oh. All right, my eyes are really wide. Eventually you hear a very high-pitched voice in your ear sort of the flutter of wings, and leans in and says, Are you joining the circle today? Do I have a choice? Everyone has a choice. Before you strike a bargain, you must agree. I want to know what I am agreeing to. You will receive the blessings in exchange for the price that was already paid, but you must agree. What are these blessings, and what is the circle? The circle is... the circle is the circle. You're in the circle. So I would be joining these in the ladies' service? The agreement gives you blessings in exchange for the ten souls. Your obligation after that is none. But you must agree in order to receive the blessings. So I don't have to give anything else? The price is already paid. Uh, what do I get? The thorns will no longer hunt you, and you will be able to call upon the power of the beast at any time. Wow. Okay, I agree. From all around the willow tree, you hear a, a fluttering of wings, and a small cheer goes up, just just like, yay! And you see... <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Yay! <laughs> little sparks of light start to appear all over as they zip into the forest. And one of them, you hear a fluttering right by your nose, uh-huh. and you feel a faint tap on your nose, and magic touches you. Do you resist the magical spell that is cast upon you? 
I don't think that I would, no. The next moment, you've gotten much shorter. What? You look, maybe, maybe you think maybe you're three feet tallish, And you, you look down at yourself and you can kind of feel your ability to think leaving you as something more instinctual takes over. And you place your paws one in front of the other as you sniff the air. And as you look to your left, a large white wolf joins you at your side. And as you look to your right, five dark-colored sable wolves join you. And you wake up the next morning in your bed. Okay. Because you showed up in your nightgown, it is very destroyed. I'm sure. (laughs) You don't remember much of what happened. You have, like, little instinctive flashbacks of chasing something and as you get ready for the day you realize there's there's blood under your fingernails Jalen just before dawn your uncle knocks on your door fucking hell and you hear in a kind of a a gruff voice Jalen come on we got training this morning okay hold on Five more minutes. No, get your sword and get out here. God damn it. She gets up cussing the entire time and under her breath as she gets dressed and grabs her rapier and opens the door and she's still like wiping sleep out of her eyes. Like, why so early? It's very important that you are awake when other people are sleeping. Yep. Now, come along. All right. You guys head downstairs and out the back. It's fall, so it's frigidly cold mm-hmm. it's early morning so it's particularly chilly and uh, jessica has already beat you out here mm-hmm. she is dressed in dueling leathers holding a rapier and she has is already shadow sparring sure your uncle he is a gruff looking individual mm-hmm. he has lots of sort of saber scars on his face mm-hmm. and is wearing an eye patch He is far more mutated than his brother. He has a very angular face. He has whiskers coming off of his cheeks, and his ears come to almost cat-like points. All right, so normally this is where we do calisthenics and then have you guys spar. Jalen, we're going to have something different happen with you today. Uh Uh-huh. Jessica, take care of yourself, please. And Jessica looks kind of disappointed. She's like, "I, I wanted to spar. So Jalen starts perking up because this is a little weird. You know what? How about instead of sparring, Jessica, you just run run around the house. Like piss her off. You can see Jessica like turn red in frustration. She actually like turns and faces him in her dueling stance. Yeah, I'm going to reach out and put a hand on her arm. And look, I don't know what's going on either, but I don't think this is a fight you want to get into. Go ahead and roll me persuasion. Natural 20. A natural 20. (laughs) Oh my god. Wow. Jessica turns her anger towards you, looks you in the eye, and then just as quickly lets it go, which is odd for her. Right. She says, you're right. This is weird. We will fight another day. Sort of whisper to her, I'm like, I will tell you whatever happens here. Great. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) I guess I'm going to run around the house. Sorry. Takes off jogging. Uncle Kylan says, all right, here's what you're doing today. And he pulls out a slip of paper and he says, you're going to this intersection. There is a sewer grate there. You're going to go down into it. Present this piece of paper to whoever is waiting for you. So she takes it. Has he sealed it or is it? No, he just rolled it up. 
So she starts to unroll it. He waits. What does it say? It says, this is the new recruit. Start the usual training. Recruit? Yes. Recruit. For? You're joining the Thieves Guild. Oh. Cool. Okay. Get out of here. Okay. Goes to the intersection. All right. So you jog into town. At this point, it is dawn. Like, the, the bakery is open. There's mm -hmm. a few people wandering around. Early morning deliveries of, like, milk are being made. And so you slip up to this spot where you can enter. Uh, you see a sewer grate. Someone has left it ajar, and there's just enough space you could probably wiggle through it. Okay. That's what she does. No sooner do your feet hit the ground where you hear someone say, You were too loud. Get over here. Where's your note? I hand over the note. A ratty individual with a just a long snout that ends in a pink nose, fur over most of his body, short, wiry kind of guy. It's Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have turtles? <laughs> you don't see any turtles yet, but the day is young. Says, all right, you're Jalen, right? Yep. Okay. No special treatment. Understood? Yep. Excellent. We're starting with poisons. At this point, everyone has made it to level two. Now, two of you have a class-based decision to make as part of advancing to level two. One of them is joining a druid circle. One of them is choosing a wizard specialization. And Jalen, your, your next level is when you get to make a choice at the earliest. Mm -hmm. So... You don't have any choices, but you've started learning this trade of assassination. Right. Real quick, we'll go around. What did level two give you guys in terms of fun, cool powers? Jalen. Well, I think the only thing she gains at this point is cunning action, which in combat gives her a bonus move. After she attacks, she can dash, hide, or disengage. Sandra. For me, uh, I did learn the ability to... Do a few more spells in a given time period, but most importantly, I gained Wild Shape, which allows me to turn into any animal that I know up to a certain degree. So we're looking at wolf as being probably the largest, but I could probably turn into something like, I don't know, a house cat, you know, nothing flying and swimming yet. Yeah. I do believe you could go as big as a brown bear or like a small bear. Small bear. Okay. With your new powers. Awesome. And we're going to add a, a new ability to you. So basically, oh. we're, we're playing a little Calvin ball here. Okay. But as far as the rough terrain of thorns mm -hmm. and the poison that they excrete, mm -hmm. for as long as you remain in good favor with this fairy person known mm -hmm. as the lady, you don't have to worry about either of those two things. Oh, nice. Really nice. Okay, cool. Can I protect other people? No. Oh, okay. And you may want to keep that close to your chest. Yeah, imagine that. The boogeyman likes me. Yeah. <laughs> the boogeyman and, likes me. That's okay, right? And you join the circle that worships it. I'm not telling. Uh, Silpha, what do you got? So with level two, I gained a couple new spells. And I waffled a bit, but I chose the School of Transmutation. Mm -hmm. So with that, I the golden time that I need to spend copying transmutation spells is halved. And the feature that I get with this school at this level is that I can temporarily alter the physical properties of objects 
an object is composed entirely of wood, stone, iron, copper, or silver, I can transform it into another of those materials for the time of about an hour. Okay, and based on your scene... Nice. We'll never have to pay for anything again! Well, at least if we don't plan on sticking around. <laughs> Small town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you get a reputation. I mean, if you get a reputation for writing hot checks, nobody wants to take your checks. Silpha gave me silver coins, but an hour later they were wooden coins. Hmm. Mm. Welcome to the mid-roll, where most people have advertisers, but nobody loves me enough to pay me for this stuff, so instead I offer you animal facts. The mantis shrimp isn't really a shrimp, but has the most complex eyes in the animal kingdom, allowing them to see huge ranges of light. They also have either a punch or a spear that shoots out at the speed of a fired twenty-two caliber bullet, which earns them the name Thumb Splitters, for obvious reasons. Their arms have built-in shock absorbers that keep them from punching themselves to death. Interestingly, they're monogamous and keep a mate for 20 years, which is an animal superpower if ever I've heard one, because I certainly don't work that way. Okay, let's get back to it. So you guys, I assume, come together around, I don't know, 10, mm -hmm. your usual awaken. Am I tired if I ran around all night? Yeah, you're tired. Okay. You're tired. You feel like you were awake most of the night. Okay. Thank God you're young. She's not worried by the question of where did the blood come from? <laughs> She's well, not I'm even asking. I'm getting the idea that I might know where the blood came from, considering the fact that I saw a bunch of wolves around me and I had paws. You definitely do not need breakfast this morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You're nice oh, and full. Um so we, we agreed to meet up at the our treehouse first, depart to Lady Miev's from there. Okay, so you meet up at your treehouse. Well, I look a little bit haggard. You look terrible. Thanks. <laughs> you look as fabulous as always. I had to get up early. Silpha has been sleepless as well, but uh -huh. isn't showing it. She is vibrating with energy. I could not sleep last night either, guys. It's such a big deal. What? I, I, I couldn't wait to tell you. Lady Miev came to my house. Did your mom freak? Totally. She was barely keeping it together. She's like, that's nobility. <laughs> what did she want? Well, she gave me a gift. She came for you? Yeah. She gave me this transmutation spell book, which I spent all night reading. It's amazing. Do you think she knows we looked at the other spell book? She's a clever person. Yeah. I suspect. But I mean, my interest in magic is well known. She said there aren't very many wizards in the kingdom. Never mind that. The nobility just came and gave you a present. Yeah, well... Were there strings attached? Of course there are, Jalen. Can't you just let her be happy for a minute? No. I mean, I know that there's reality and all, but come on. Jane. I was raised among killers, Sable. Nothing is free. And I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> you have no idea. She does expect my loyalty to her. I take that to mean I can't participate in anything that would well, that makes sense. be against her. But I wouldn't anyways. And we wouldn't ask you to. Right? Right. Right. This is the coolest thing. Like, I, I've been practicing this one. And she will put her hands up over her face, mutter some words, pull her hands away like peekaboo. And then you're, you're looking at Mrs. Lunari. Whoa. And she puts her hands Whoa. back in front of her face and it's Silpha again. Wait, do me. You can only disguise yourself. Ah. Uh, damn. 
when I understand how the spell works on myself, yeah, of course I'll be able to do it on other people. Sable, why do you look so terrible? But, yeah, what me? What yeah. happened? What happened to you? Oh God, it was just a loud night. There were, you know, we're so close to the thorns. You know, there's Did just you guys a get lot attacked? going on. No, no, no attacks. Just a lot of action. Something interesting happened, right? Yeah. <sighs> I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it, though. Well, I mean, probably I wasn't supposed to talk about waiting me out. All right. Well, you know what? I tell you what. When we get someplace secret, I'll show you. Okay. All right. So you guys get out to House Miev. It takes the usual two hours. You go directly to the barn. I'm worried that the sheeps are going to act differently around me. No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys walk in and you see Carolina in the middle of the sheep barn. She says, oh, there you are. Come on over. Just like last time, it is extremely loud. You don't see Riley anywhere, though, this time. And she says, so, uh, yeah, we've got another job for you guys. I hope you don't mind. Probably not. This one's very official. What's going on? Well, we need you to visit House Mason and attempt to negotiate for access to a decoder. Is there a particular code? Because they might have different people with different expertise. This would be a complex Mason code from about 80 years ago. We can, we can certainly broker an alliance with House Mason. It's more of a purchase. Are you willing to provide funding? Yes, but I'm hoping that they will ask for something a little more substantial than coinage. Such as? Favors, services, deliveries of wool. And for the negotiators? Yes, well, I think an overnight diplomatic trip is worth at least ten gold apiece. We'll do it. I find this arrangement suitable. Of course. Happy to be of service. <laughs> I propose we walk back into the treehouse and continue our investigation and arrangements to talk to the Masons tomorrow. I think that's perfect. I think that sounds like a good idea. So it's about 2 p.m. by the time you get back to the treehouse. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and give me an investigation roll. A natural 20 plus my modifiers, so that'd be 23. So the moth is totally into the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you immediately recognize an aspect of this code. So the way this code works is some phrase where letters are not repeated in the previous two or three pages, that phrase is the cipher key. And so you bring that phrase over and then you add the other alphabet letters. And then you have to figure out which symbol equals which letter. So it, you end up with like a double deciphering activity. You pointed out that it's a substitution code. And I think this is the way the substitution code works. Oh, my God. That is so <laughs> cool. All right. Now we just got to figure out which of the symbols goes to which letter. And then maybe we can decipher this page. Let's get cracking. All right. Can we get through a page? You get one of the pages done. Yeah. There are probably 20 coded pages in the book. They're a different cipher key, and it's not clear to you yet how to find that phrase. Right. So okay. you're just sort of trying things mm -hmm. when you come to the realization that there's like a three-word phrase that works really well as a cipher for this. And at the end of the afternoon, you think you've got one page well translated. So basically, the, the first couple of pages is a story of 
the king and his trusty squire, Sir Guire. Mm -hmm. They are at the king's favorite spot where he has sort of a a meditation place. It's a huge ancient willow tree. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. It is a story of how the king and Sir Guire were sitting out here and Sir Guire meets a gorgeous dryad. Lady of the Forest, who emerges from the tree and speaks to him, and they have a lovely afternoon. There's a lot of euphemism written into the into the text. The coded page is different. The coded page tells you how to get to this tree, and it actually has a much more like factual basis to it. And then it says inhabitants of this tree, one Glindy. Okay, so the directions that the coded page describes, does it coincide with Sable's house? I mean, like, It does not. It does not. Okay. It does not coincide with Sable's house. It is in the opposite direction and quite a bit further north. You cracked the code-ish. You might not need a mason. Miev is expecting a mason to turn up to help her decode this. I'm not sure um, I want her to know that we know this. All right. Well, we can contact the Masons and continue with our own translations. If we involve one of the Masons, more people will know, but they won't necessarily know that we have this information as well. And furthermore, if the Masons were to double-cross Lady Mia by providing an inaccurate translation or something like that, we would know. All right. So what are you doing for the night? Are you going to try to Go out to the Masons in the dark? No. That doesn't seem wise. So I I think our goal was to maybe go into town, find a servant to the Masons, and announce ourselves. We would like an audience with the Masons tomorrow. Yeah, it's about 6 p.m. now, so you guys have... If you're going to send a runner out to the Masons, you need to send them now, Mm -hmm. or you're not going to get to send one. Yeah. Yeah. So you might not even want to rely on finding a mason. You might just want to send a runner out there. I think that's probably a good idea. Okay. Or the treehouse is at your house, right? Yeah. Can we just send a servant? Perhaps we want to write a letter that they can deliver to the masons. And if the servant were to read it, it would say something other than our purpose in wanting them. Oh, what the do you want it to say? Meeting with the masons. Yeah. What do you want it to say? What kind of rumor do we want to start? Let's make it sound like we need them to look at some foundation work that might be going bad. Sound good? Yeah. So you make a fraudulent, misleading, but still... Plausible. Plausible letter and send it off. So it costs you three silver. Bing. And a surf from House Barathe will run it to the Masons. So... You guys all going to stay at House Baratheon tonight, or? I don't think I've ever stayed there. Let me make sure it's okay. I'm going to go find Helena and be like, is it okay for, I mean, there's not going to be any more like naked wolf stuff, right, tonight? I don't think you should have a negative stigma around naked wolf stuff, as you say. I just don't know if it's okay for them to see it. Well, there won't be anything going on tonight. All right. That's all I meant. I, I, I mean, if, if, if naked wolf stuff is your thing, I'm, I'm all for it. So what is, what is House Varathi's manor look like? You're one of the noble, the big noble houses. It would be uh, more natural than most of the other places. This one seems to be more designed to be part of the world that it's in rather than separate from 
So part of it is built into, if there are mountains around here, part of it would be built into the mountainside. There'd probably be natural rock on the inside. Any place where there could be actually shapen wood would probably be on the inside. And it's probably grown naturally. So, you know, the pathways through this place are a little bit windy and confusing if you're not used to the house. I would definitely say don't don't go wandering by yourself. You'll probably get lost. So yeah, I would bring them in. I'm sure that we have guest rooms. You do, yes. Yeah. You have many, and they are furnished in a way that is much more palpable to average people. Yeah. I imagine that this is a, a wooden home. Mm -hmm. uh, they're probably is some stonework because any of the major houses yeah. have had some masons come do oh, stonework. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so you're probably in a almost like a like a gatehouse, two-story stone where that's where the guest houses are, covered mm -hmm. in ivy. Covered in ivy, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing you can notice is most of your houses you can't see the thorns from the house. They are about 100 yards away. Pretty freaky. <laughs> well, that's why we don't go over there. Ever, so, huh? No, no, I learned that at a young age. An hour into you guys getting settled into your guest rooms, there's a knock at the door, and the door actually opens. They don't wait for you to respond. Mm. An older woman leans in. I actually don't think Jalen or Silpha have probably seen Matron Varathi. I, I imagine that we've heard descriptions of her. Yeah, and you might have seen her at court very passingly, as mm -hmm. her reputation is kind of... She's a bit secluded. Yeah, very secluded. Okay. She's she's a very powerful person in court, but she is an outsider. You don't see her in the court much. Mm -hmm. So you might have caught a glimpse of her at some point, but Matron Varathi leans in the doorway. I stand up immediately. Uh, Matron yeah. Varathi. I stand Absolutely. right up. <laughs> Follow suit and curtsy. <laughs> um, Matron Varathi is well-preserved. You, you know she's in her 80s. She looks more like she's in her 60s. She is also somewhat physically imposing. She's not like very tall or very broad, but there's just something about the way she carries herself that makes you realize she is in charge and you are not in charge. And she leans in and says, excuse me, ladies. Sable, can I speak to you in the hall? Uh, of course, of course. Excuse me. I step outside. Sable? Ma'am. I have an issue. Now... It was one thing when you brought your friends over when they were younger. But at this point, they're going to start becoming members of their individual houses. And well, Silpha is welcome here at all times. Bringing an Evans into this house is becoming more and more dangerous. Now, I want you to know that this is fine. But in the future, I would like a warning before you bring an agent of House Evans into the house. She says, I understand. I'm terribly sorry. All of this is... I am adjusting. Now that you've reached adulthood formally, we have to understand that your friends are there too. Their loyalties will be divided. Yes, ma'am. Now, have a lovely night. Thank you. And she turns and strides off. And I walk in and say, we're having dinner in the rooms. Okay. Everything okay? Oh, it's perfectly fine. Okay. I was quietly admonished for not making absolutely sure that it was acceptable to bring you both into the into the household. Both of us? You know how it's just going to it, be. Just say it. You know how it's going to be. I know how it's going to be. Just say it. She's wary of your house. Yep. She should be. Yeah. Well, we just have to acknowledge this truth. So I suspect it's probably going to be the same at all houses at some point. 
I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Hey, but it's good venison. We always knew this day would come when people would try and divide us by our houses. Nothing in this place is ever going to change if we keep letting them do it. She's like picking at her food. <laughs> Jalen's actually not eating much. She is pretty fucking bummed. You should hurry up and finish your dinner, though. I have something cool to show you outside. Yeah? Yeah. You're not going to get in trouble? No. Okay. You guys have eaten? Mm-hmm. Do your thing. All right. We're going to sneak out. That's easy to do. There's lots of ways to sneak back out into the nature from here. Okay. Get out to one of the fields there, and I'll make sure that there are, like, there's no watching eyes. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Remember the promise that we have between each other. Yep. Of course. Okay, so my secrets are yours. You won't spill them. Even for your own loyalties to your family. Yes. We made an oath. All right, I'm going to see if I can't do that trick again. Except this time I'd really like it if I could keep my clothes. You focus on being a wolf. Uh-huh. And you feel the shift happen very naturally. You become a wolf. And your clothes simply absorb into you, including a backpack, any weapons you're carrying. And what's left standing there is a wolf. So, so Jalen brought a venison rib out with her, chewing on it when this happens, and just sort of stops. Silva's jaw kind of drops, and so she's like, whoa, amazing. That's advanced polymorphism or something. Do they smell any? Yeah, your sense of smell has been turned way the hell up. You know immediately that there's something lizard-like in smell coming off of Jalen. And something insectoid in smell coming off of Silpha. Okay, but I just know. Yeah. It's I just, just know. instinctual. Unlike the last time when you transformed, you have all of your mental okay. faculties. So I only stay like that for like maybe 30 seconds and then I'm going to change back and hope I'm not naked. As you shift back, you are not naked. Oh, thank goodness. That was wow. incredible. Yeah. Wow. I'm envious. You've been learning things through the study of books. Well, I've been studying old magics. The, you study it kind of in the barks of trees and in the, the way the grass lays. And... Amazing. So is it always a, a wolf? So far? I have something to show you guys. But we got to go back inside. I make you guys come in kind of close because I want to And she's be happier. That's High true. Five. You win. <laughs> you cheered her up. She's going to pull out the three doses of poison that she has. This is poison. Did you buy it? No. Did you make it? With, with some help. Some. What? Wow. Some tutelage. You know, we never learned that stuff that was that cool in school. I know. No. Right? No magic, no poison. Oh no, my God. No beast form. <laughs> so, like, are you a uh, apprentice? I am a recruit. Into the Thieves' Guild. What? Yeah, it happened first thing this morning. Oh my god. So it's true that, I mean, we've heard I mean, rumors that the Evans control the Thieves' Guild. Yeah, I, I, is that really a rumor? It's never really been a rumor to me. I mean, how are you feeling about that? You know, I wasn't really totally expecting that. It was supposed to be like a rapier lesson. You know, straightforward. And it became going to a secret place and learning about poison. Guys, we're like, this is big. Yeah, it's big. I don't know what this means, you know? I mean... Well, I know oh one my... thing it means if she says we're an adult. 
and I'm going to get a servant to bring us a bottle of wine. <laughs> so the night goes by. Yep. Morning happens. The messenger gets back at about nine mm -hmm. and brings you a note and hands it to you. Mm -hmm. And it's sealed. And they turn and say, thank you, and walk away. All right. I'll tip them. Snap copper. it open. Read snap it. Snap it open. We have read your request. And unfortunately, House Mason is quite busy at the moment. We will not be able to accept your attendance. Sincerely, Count Mason. Well, that didn't go as planned. No. Um, why don't we invite one of the Mason kids out for a drink? Agreed. Let's find one. Have lunch. Is that something that's possible for us? Do we Are we connected enough with some of the Masons that they would give us our time? They, I think you went us, to school with some of the Masons time. and you're fairly prominent people in town. So let's see if you can find them. I think the best role for this, assuming you're all going to go together, only one person's going to make the role. I think it's just persuasion to try to figure, hey, have you seen the Masons around today? I'm looking for one of them. I have a plus four to persuasion. Oh, I don't know what. Win. Oh, uh, an 18. Yeah, you're, this is much better rolling this time than last yeah. time. Yeah. So, uh, 18, you have no problem finding the Mason that is from your class, Margaret Mason. She is out with her older brother. You find them shopping. Right. Uh, Margaret will spot you. She was in your finishing class as well. She's about 16, 17. And she will come running over. Oh, my gosh. How are you guys doing? Hey, Meg. Does she go by Meg? Sure, she does now. Meg, what a delight <laughs> to see you. You're looking well. Thank you. You guys are looking great as usual. How have you been? You're very busy. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. We've been running around everywhere. Oh, you know, it's funny that we run into you. We just sent off a letter to your father, Lord Mason. We have kind of complex and possibly lucrative job that would require the expertise of a mason oh well i'm i'm heading back here if you'd like to come with we would love all right sure uh let me just tell my brother we're we're heading out okay she you know skips over says about three words to her brother and comes back all right let's go excellent She's got a basket you know, on her arm with like three bottles of wine, starts walking along. The whole time she uh, she tells you, I think Margaret is very, very chatty and talks often about nothing. So she'll go on and on and on about gossip, mostly about the servants, interestingly enough. So it's not, it's not like anybody you actually care about. but mm -hmm. Yeah, but we get that. Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> you guys head about 30 minutes south to the Masons. Like at some point whispered to both of you, let's just pretend that we didn't get that letter, that note, that we headed out. We, yeah. Yeah. We found Meg before we got it. So you guys are approaching the Mason Manor. The Mason estate is the kind of place that put Versailles to shame. You're looking at a massive three-story stone castle almost. It doesn't have a wall, but it's a huge building. Mm -hmm. And it's actually built in sort of concentric horseshoes, like horseshoe inside of a horseshoe inside uh -huh. of a horseshoe. Mm -hmm. And so there are these massive stone courtyards that stretch between the two buildings. And across the stone courtyards, there are stone sky bridges that connect the manor. And on the path up to the manor are massive hedge mazes and fountains. Fountains are, of course, made of stone. The hedge mazes are, of course, made of plants. Are they safe? Uh, they are, yeah. There are the thorns are cut way back here. As you approach the house, yeah. Wow! Holy shit! Silva will make some sort of banal comment like, "Oh, I, 
I've heard so much about this place. It's even more gorgeous than anything I imagined. Wow. Growing up here, it, it must prepare you to be a queen. Well, maybe. It's really drafty. <laughs> Plus, frankly, it's a little creepy sometimes. Like, they build all kinds of secret passages, just like weaving them through this place. I've found two in my room alone, and it's just, they're all over. Like, nobody even knows where they are. Oh, and there's all kinds of rumors that it's haunted. Oh, I'm sure. I bet there are. It looks like a haunted place. I mean, so, I'm not, you know... I'm not trying to start any rumors or anything, but if you do leave the room at night, you will see a ghost. No shit. Have you seen ghosts? Well, I don't want to sound crazy, but yeah, several. Like ancestors? Or, I mean, do you know who they are? No, they don't usually talk to us. Actually, oh. they, so they're usually kind of like mindless and they just sort of wander like they're caught in some kind of memory Ooh. or loop or something. So they like repeat their past actions in life? Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Oh, wow. Most of them are cooking and cleaning. Oh. oh. Disappointingly monotonous None of them for are, like, them. murdering their secret lover. I mean, maybe, but I haven't seen any do that. Okay. No, mostly, mostly you'll just see one dusting. Oh, interesting. It'd still be cool to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep, let's go right up to the front door. And okay. the front door <laughs> faces the town, and you can see in the distance... The thorns on the opposite side of the house, but they're they're pretty far away. As you approach the house, three armed guards come walking up. I don't recognize any of them. Margaret looks confused, and the guards get up and they're like, "Uh, Margaret, are these your visitors?" And she's like, "Yes, they are." Well, we were, we were told no visitors right now. There's, um, your father's very busy, and she says, "Well, he is just going to have to deal with it." And they kind of all look at her. Step aside. All right, we follow her inside. Here, I thought she was just a chatty Kathy. So uh, immediately as you get about five steps away, she'll start a conversation about the, the hedge maze. Mm. And she'll be like, when I was like four, I got lost in this hedge maze for six hours. Yeah, we've heard a lot about masons and like puzzles and codes. Oh, yeah. No, we're way into those. I actually had to learn codes when I was, oh, they started teaching me them when I was like eight. Yeah. Yeah, I even got to make up my own. Cool. Oh, that's fun. Wow. They're not very good, but you know. It's a start. Well, where did you want to put the wine? Oh, let's just bring it right on in. And she gets to the front door, and two servants open either door, and you step into the grandest foyer you've ever seen stone and marbles and pillars and art and massive windows and huge drapes. Yeah, drafty. Oh. It is. It is really drafty. You would not believe. And the Beautiful, winter is the though. worst. I mean, next month is going to be unreal. Murder. Yeah. yeah, but there's a study just up ahead here where we really great, actually, because it's got a good fireplace, and I'm pretty sure there are no secret doors in there, so it's like a nice private area. Okay, we'll go there. All right, come on. I mean, if you if that's where we're going? If that's where she's leading us. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Let me show you around. Okay. okay. So she leads you, you. You go very short distance, turn right, and you're in a study. Look around the room with a very quick investigation just to see if I see any place that might have a secret door. Roll me investigation. I am interested by this. I rolled a two. Nope. There yeah. are no secret I doors. see Jaylen, nothing. Jaylen's are those, be are those in that too. shelves? I think that might be a shelf. <laughs> I also rolled a two. I have to roll just because everyone's rolling. Ooh. Oh, 18. <laughs> it would be a 21. Holy shit. Uh, you immediately spot a secret door. It isn't so much that you spot the secret door. As you're walking along and you feel a breeze as you step over a uh, a crack in the floor, 
And you realize that it's probably hollow. There's a trap door going down and you're standing on it. I think Silva's like, whoa, takes a step back and, and like really can't conceal that, that she was surprised. And, and Margaret turns around and says, what, what, what? I'm pretty sure that's, a, do, you, do you not feel that? The breeze coming oh, through? Here, let me see. She puts her hand over it and says, oh, there is a little breeze coming through. Where'd the rug go that was here? And kind of runs her hand over it. Oh, cool. Hey, let's see if we can get it open. Okay. Sure. I like Margaret. <laughs> so she stops and kind of feels around and can roughly, roughly say, okay, this is the square that probably comes up and then just starts pushing on different flagstones. Nothing's really working. Jalen, do you want to try to yeah, disable some see, device or crack you know, open investigate, the lock? Or? Investigate the door itself and see if I can find a mechanism. Yeah, go uh, ahead and roll it. Nine. <laughs> yeah, okay. That dice is fired. You can't figure out how to get it open. You okay. can't figure out how to get it open. Um, so, Silver, with your 21, you suspect that there's a lever somewhere, and it pops up. I think this is one of those lever-activated ones that oh, I've like read you, about. Oh, like you pull the wasp on? Yeah. Then, okay, so we're going to start looking around the room. Wander around the room, pulling on things? <laughs> well, gently. Mm, <laughs> Carefully. Okay. Watch, I'm going to roll a one. No. 20. So... You are are wandering around the room and like maybe it's the books, maybe it's the thing, Somebody's maybe it's the, walk in. <laughs> uh, and you you stop at a, a sort of writing desk that doesn't have much on it, and there's a it's almost like a wooden coaster kind of built into it. You don't think much about it, and you're sort of fiddling around, and your hand bumps it, and it spins a little bit, and then you hear a click, and the door slides up, and that is a perfect time <laughs> for Lord Mason to walk in the door. I am on my feet fast. Hi, Mr. Mason. And Margaret goes, Dad? Oh! <clears throat> Count Mason, how wonderful to see you. I also... No, Margaret says that? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> I curtsy appropriately. Yeah. As, as do I. Yeah. And say nothing. I'll give a little bow. Count Mason. <laughs> Count Mason. Margaret, I expressly told the guards that we were not to have any visitors today. I'm very busy. And she says... Oh, they didn't say a word to me. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh, I'm sure they didn't. What have you found? And she says, oh, it's another one of the trapdoors. This one goes down, Dad. Come, come on, come here, look. He walks up and kind of peers down and says, well, it looks pretty dark, actually. Let me go get a servant and we'll, we'll get a torch and we'll head down. Cool. Ladies, wait here for just a second. He leans out the door and shouts, beta. And a few minutes later, three servants arrive. One of them has a 10-foot wooden pole. One of them has a lantern. And one of them has a large, almost medicine ball. And he says, all right, folks, uh, you know the drill. And the three servants walk over and they scan. And they're like, mm, it looks like a storage space. One of them turns around and gestures. And the one with the 10-foot pole comes in and reaches down. And you can see him poking at the ground. And you can hear like, thump, 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 thump. Feels pretty solid. Medicine ball. Someone picks this big leather ball up and tosses it down. Whoop. They're just testing it. They're making sure it's safe. You suspect they're checking for traps. Yeah, <laughs> they've been doing this for a while. Yeah, they're um, just making sure it's safe. Which means, I mean, maybe you don't want to find hidden places in the Mason house. If so, the so beta is the command for servants to come in and test out a new secret passage. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, finally, the one with the lantern goes down the ladder one-handed and scans, and she, she says, 
Yep, definitely a storage room. I've got uh, rope, lanterns, oil. Uh, there's a fair amount of linens down here. They look to be in pretty good shape. <clears throat> and he says, all right, well, take a look around, too. Make sure that that's actually the extent of it. And the servant with the lantern uh, searches the walls and says, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything else. Uh, and the air feels pretty still. Where, what do you normally find down there? Oh, this is pretty typical, actually. I mean, sometimes there are passages that just go from one place to another. Six. <laughs> what were you rolling? Insight. Um, that dice is fired. Yeah, you don't, you know, <laughs> uh, six doesn't give you more information. No. So. I'm so just trying not to offend Lord Mason. <laughs> so I'm so staying the, uh, out of the way. The servant with the lantern comes up and sets the lantern down and then goes back down and then comes up and like flops out a bunch of rope and goes back down and she basically pulls out a ton of trade goods, like mm -hmm. uh, throws up a couple of tents, some backpacks, lanterns, candles, that kind of thing. Interesting. And then climbs out and says, yep, all right, I will create a record, sir. Thank you. And how did you open it? At coast, the coaster. Let's see. It, it spins. Fascinating. And as he spins it around, you can hear a, a click every time it spins. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. I don't know why no one ever found that one, but I guess nobody spins the coasters. It's a total accident. I'm actually really happy you found it. That's a big favor to me. Thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome. And those of you who have a good eye on appraisal, there's probably 70, 80 gold worth of trade goods that mm -hmm. just got pulled out of a hole in the ground. Oh, well, mm -hmm. that's nice. Oh, which is a lot to the Mason yeah. family, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they look very wealthy from the two rooms you've been in. Yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. supposedly they're the struggling family, yeah, Supposedly right? they are the struggling family, yes. Right. Well, and I imagine the place could have been teeming with servants at, at one point and now mm -hmm. is like nearly empty or something. Mm -hmm. So Lord Mason says, well, this is a very eventful day. I, clearly, we need to have you guys over more often. <laughs> if you still have a few minutes. Oh, more. yes, absolutely. We actually have uh, something of a, an errand we're on for Lady Miev. Oh, yes. Well, any servant of House Miev is a friend of ours. Yes, well, we had sent a letter indicating that we had a matter of some importance for a, a mason. Oh, requiring the skills of a mason could be potentially lucrative. Okay. Stonework, I assume? Code work. Code work. Code work. What makes you think we'll be able to do anything about that? Well, she's asking for someone who might know about mason code from about 80 years ago. She asked that we contact you. Is this before or after the thorns? Probably about the time of the thorns. So it was likely written by a mason who was trained before the thorns. Yes, possibly. Well, I have bad news for you. I can't help. At all? The inner circle of House Mason was with the king, but only one mason made it out. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the mason's knowledge from before the thorns was lost. You're still very good at codes and deciphering. Do you True. know somebody who might be able to take a look at it? And very likely. Look at what she's got and maybe piece it out? Possibly. How about I send word to one of my sons? Uh, he's an excellent codesman, invented several of his own codes, and he's definitely our most talented living member. So what I'll do is send a message to him, and he'll come visit, hopefully tomorrow morning. So how about you guys stay the night with young Margaret? Okay, if you insist, sir. 
We're oh, honored. I absolutely insist. I must honor dictates, extend hospitality to any associates of other houses. You will be staying in a guest room. I have my maid escort you there. And about two minutes later, a servant pops in and says, if you'll follow me. Sure. You wander down some hallways. This manor house is a horrific maze. Of course it is. You go up to go down. You go left to go right. At one point, you're pretty sure you've taken four rights. You're not where you started. Mm -hmm. And so you eventually find yourself probably on the right side of the first horseshoe at, get, at some guest rooms. And each of you is given a guest room. Interestingly enough, though, you passed no other servants. Mm -hmm. Like, was the house, like, pretty empty? It's pretty empty, pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. And if you stick your head around a corner where you were not going, a little run down. So I'm trying as hard as I can to map this in my head as we go along. <laughs> I realize that that's probably damn near impossible, but I do have a good survival and I live in a maze myself. Go ahead and roll me survival. We'll see how good you are at navigating. <laughs> oh, I'm distracted by the, I rolled a four with my plus three. That's a seven. I'm distracted by the absolute magnificence of this place. You are fairly certain that you can find your way back out. <laughs> oh, oh, lovely. I could totally find our way. <laughs> but yeah, you get you get set up in, in nice guest rooms. They're they're well accommodated and very posh. They're better than the guest rooms at House Varathi. Mm -hmm. I am immediately seeking secret passages. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. We're rolling. In, in my room, in their room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, 17. 17 as well. I rolled 21. You two, the Jalen and Silpha, both find a secret passage door in your guest room. It leads to another guest room. And so there's a secret passage that gets you to each other's rooms, oh, intriguingly. Nice. Sandra, Sable rolled a little higher. Mm -hmm. And so you found a secret passage that leads to the other guest room on your side that no mm -hmm. one's in. Mm -hmm. But you also find a another floor door mm -hmm. that goes down. And like before, you're probably certain there's some sort of lever to push here. Mm -hmm. And you kind of mimic the motions that Margaret was doing on the mm -hmm. floor. Like, I'll push all the flagstones, and then I'll push maybe these two, and these two, and these two. And you eventually find that if you spread your fingers out successfully, and you push four flagstones down at once, you hear a click and, and then you flip it open. get off of it, and it flips itself open. Oh, my God. And you find an incredibly dusty storeroom that goes down on a ladder about five feet. Mm -hmm. And there's just shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of glass vials. Oh, with, getting them. with stuff in them. <laughs> Come here. Let's, uh, let's, let's, before you go down in there... What <laughs> You can't tell if there's anything in them from where you are. It's very dusty. I'm going to... Surely I have in my pack rope. You do. All right. I have rope. There's got to be a lantern in the room. There is. Or there's a lantern there in my candles. pack. Yeah. Well, there's a lantern in my pack. I light the lantern. Tie rope on the end of it. Drop it down. Actively let it touch the floor. So it touches the floor. <laughs> a noise, a very faint sliding of air happens. Oh, I'm scooting back. And your lantern goes out. Okay. I pull the lantern back up. You pull the top half of the lantern back up. The top half? Yep. Oh, something should, happened. Should, should we call Beta? 
No, because then they're going to take whatever's back there, down there. Well, do you, if there's anything do you have still a light back there. No, but I see really well in the dark. Uh, yeah, you have moth eyes. So you stick your head into the hole. There are vials all over the walls. You can also tell that there is a blade about halfway out extended from the wall that looks like it was spring-loaded in some way. And when something touched the floor, it splashed it in half. But you think if she'd have gone down in there without that maneuver, she wouldn't have feet. There's a I, reason I did that. I understand what they were they were doing earlier. Sable, it's a good thing you weren't cut in half by a blade. Yeah. Well, that's why I did that, because that's what they did. So, I, there's a blade down there? Yeah. And a bunch of vials? What do you uh, think? Are there more traps? There could be. You can probably reach some vials without touching the floor from here. I'm, I'm going to try and grab a vial. Okay, be careful. <laughs> So you reach your hand down and you pick up a dusty vial and pick it up and blow it off. And it's it's super dusty. Like, dust goes everywhere. It's 80 years. <laughs> it looks like it's separated a little bit. So there's, like, a something floating on the top of it. And it's fairly light toward the bottom. I'll shake it a little. I wonder if this is a potion. You shake it and it sort of recoalesces as red. It's too dusty. I, I really can't tell. I'm separating out all wrong. I uncork it. I sniff it. Some kind of thick red liquid. Yeah. Does it smell like anything? It has sort of an earthy smell to okay. it. Almost tinny. Set it aside carefully and reach for another vial. You can roll Arcana. Ooh, uh, 20. It is not a potion. That's not a... Wow. It, okay, so it's it's not a potion. It's it's kind of... It's a liquid. moved on to another one. Pull another one out, blow it off. It's the same thing. Yeah? Thick red liquid. Like blood? Or... Is it blood? <laughs> I guess I have nature. Could I roll nature in... Yeah, I mean, nature might identify. Ooh, 24. Yeah, it is blood. It is a vial <laughs> of blood. She likes what's stuff. It has not congealed or coagulated. This, this, this is blood. There's, th these are jars of blood. Like human blood? Well, that wraps us up on Mason Jars of Blood. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Pretty, pretty please. We don't pay for advertising, so that'll help us out. We also want to offer a special thanks to Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy and Todd Ferguson at My Pet Machine. You can find them both on Facebook. Will our heroes get caught snooping? Can they get to the bottom of this blood mystery? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. this rat guy. Give him a name for me, please. Well, we can't go with Splinter. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, still fabulous. I... Oh, oh. He found a squirrel. Hold on. <laughs> Dog found squirrel. <laughs> or actually, just the bush is shaking. <laughs> what would you like to do? Robbie? 
Hey. Come here. Robbie. Okay, enough. Um, well, it's a new day, so we could take a look at the codes again. Yeah, I would like to try to translate some of what we've got. Sorry. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd have popped it by now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, everybody, give me an... <laughs> give me a squeaky check. 